Hey everybody, Payments Professor here, and I want to welcome you to the Payments Podium, where today we're going to be discussing AI and how AI, artificial intelligence, can help us in managing, monitoring, and working with the risk, many risks, that exists when it comes to electronic payments. And for today, from the company Effective, we have Ravi Sandupudi that is going to be discussing and letting us know more about AI. So, Ravi, I'd like to welcome you to the Payments Podium. Thank you so much, Kevin. Really excited about this chat. All right. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're here. Now, I got to let you know, there's a question that we ask everybody who comes to the payments podium. And that question is, how did you get started in electronic payments? What got you to where you are now, where you're working with AI and managing all the risks? So what got you started in electronic payments? Yeah, and a great question. I um, started off uh, on the electronic payment side, uh, believe it or not, at Google. So that was where I started my career. Spent quite a bit of time on Google Pay. This was way back in 2008, 2009. So it was called Google Wallet for some time, Checkout for some time, and then eventually settled on Google Pay. Uh, so that's where I got exposed to payments and and the scale at which like Google operated and things of that sort. So I got to see some some very, very crazy things happen there from a risk perspective. <laughs> we used to get a lot of attacks from, believe it or not, like given governmental agencies. <laughs> so yeah, really? that, that was my, my exposure there. Yeah. Wow. And, okay, and just to clarify, you didn't actually come from a bank or anything. You no. got hired in, were working at Google, and you ended that's up working right. on the Google Pay, Google Wallet type project. That's right. That's right. So on, on the on the risk side of, of Google Pay, so uh -huh. yeah, it was, uh, it was a very eye-opening, fascinating experience. Learned a lot there. And so our listeners know, um, I, I want to make sure, just to clarify too, you're really an IT guy. I mean, I'd say an IT genius, but your background is in <laughs> computers and programming, correct? That's, that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the quintessential computer nerd. That's, that's <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm grateful to have you because we, we, you, you guys are the ones that give us all these cool gadgets, you know, and I, I can only imagine what it was like at Google. But you even said, you know, that some of those attacks that came in, I would imagine those early days of that risk and being able to manage that risk, you had to learn a lot. What, what were some of those early experiences? What did they teach you? Yeah, um, I mean... Uh, it's it's a super. I mean, it's it's a cat and mouse game, right? So and and the fraudsters were extremely extremely smart, um, uh, and it we were always in this game of building out systems to to kind of add barriers to to the hackers and and the fraudsters, and they would they would find. Um, ways around it, and we, we used to keep building our own systems to to keep improving and so on. So it was there was never a boring day <laughs> uh, in this space, and that's also why I'm I'm super interested, and in, and that's why my whole career has been in this domain because it's you're always learning, you're always competing with an adversary, so so you always have to be on your toes, and uh, even way back in. 
2008, 2009, um, uh, Google was a pioneer in using machine learning and AI, and we used a lot of machine learning uh, to to mitigate fraud, uh, not just on Google Pay, but on a bunch of other Google products as well. Um, so yeah, that's that. That was my foray, both in both into payments as well as uh, AI. All right, and now I do want to make clear for everybody listening: you're not with Google anymore. You're now with a no. company called Effective, correct? That's right. That's right. Okay. So and Effective, you guys, your focus is really on managing risk and payments. Exactly, and for community financial institutions. So, so we founded Effective about two, little over two years ago. Um, and we've built a platform uh, on top of AI to help mitigate risk and fraud for community financial institutions. So that's that's our aim, and that's what uh, we hope to serve. Well, and I love that you're serving the community financial institutions. Now, that's where I want to get in now to the, the AI part of things. How <laughs> can artificial intelligence actually work and benefit people when it comes to managing risk and electronic payments? What's it do? I mean, how? (laughs) Great question. Yeah, uh, two things, Kevin, scale and speed, which is the name of the game for electronic payments, obviously. Um, And uh, like I mentioned, fraudsters are extremely smart, right? So they have access to tools and technology, probably more than what a lot of us have already. So... So they they do some very um, unimaginable things. So they themselves use AI uh, nowadays to get around uh, things that have been set up. Like we have seen situations at uh, at a couple of credit unions where uh, fraudsters were using AI to generate deep fakes to get around KYC. Right. So so even like a liveness check. Uh, that that a lot of banks and credit unions use while opening up an account or while approving a wire, uh, they were using deepfakes just from just by stealing a driver's license and just using that image from a driver's license, they were able to create a fully human-looking interactive avatar of that person uh, and just get around all the manual fraud checks that a bank had. So so all those traditional methods no longer work. All right. So, so those who are listening, they didn't. Those who are watching just saw my jaw drop. Those who are listening, yeah, you know that I, I heard that, and hopefully you did too. And are like, so the fraudsters are using AI, and they were able to use it with just a driver's license to get past controls and open accounts, open accounts, uh, initiate wires, because there were some banks that were using video banking to approve wires, right? Because Obviously, with the lockdown and the pandemic, folks stopped going to the branch to approve wires, right? And then, obviously, with a lot of banks and credit unions digitizing their processes, they're now trying to simulate branch visits with, with video banking. Right? And, and fraudsters are taking advantage of that and, uh, and getting around it. Um, uh, the, uh, and this just gets uh, exponentially tougher when when you when you're dealing with even faster methods of payments right like fed now or rtp mm-hmm. or or zelle or cash app and things of that sort where the money moves instantly 
um, this this problem just gets exponentially tougher because you don't even have an opportunity to ask for someone to jump on a video banking call uh, to approve a Zelle transaction, right? Yeah, like these they are would transactions just are done in 20 right. seconds. It's, I mean, it's exactly. done, it's over. Right, exactly. So, okay, I, I said, that's... That. We know the fraudsters are using AI. What are you doing? How do you make it work so that it benefits the community banks? Yeah, so so all from from the learnings that that we've gotten at Google, obviously operating at that scale, we've seen these attacks even ten years before. Because uh, like ten to fifteen years uh, earlier, uh, fraudsters used to f- target like larger financial institutions, right? Like larger banks and and obviously folks like Google and so on. Um, but now they're shifting focus to the smaller ones. Right? They're using those same same techniques that that they used to use on larger organizations, and they're moving downwards. Uh, so all the learnings there. Uh, we had um, my my co-founders and I were part of another startup called Similarity, which was also a fraud detection software company, which got acquired by PayPal, and we worked at PayPal as well. Uh, again, on the payment space, uh, building out their uh, fraud and risk systems. And we got even more exposure at PayPal uh, de- uh, dealing with these. And then how we how we use, so what we learned was building our own AI and machine learning systems to get around uh, identifying these anomalous behavior, right? So it's not just about looking at a face and saying, yeah, this is the same person or the member that is, that is issuing because that's no longer applicable, right? Like I mentioned, folks are using deep fakes and things of that sort. You need to look at hundreds of other uh, biometric data, right? Like how is the phone being held? Uh, what are the gyroscope and accelerometer readings of the phone? What is the signal strength? What's the battery level? Uh, what time of day was the transaction initiated and things of that sort, right? Like for example, uh, a lot of the fraudsters, especially organized crime fraudsters, right? They they use these things called device phones, where there are hundreds of thousands of mobile phones that are stacked on on <laughs> on a stand. Hundreds and, and thousands of mobile phones. Right, exactly, and they and they're programmed to initiate these payments, uh, try out two-factor auth codes, things of that sort. And there are certain, so now how do you try to identify these, right? Like, because these are true physical devices where folks are trying to take over accounts and, and initiate transactions and things of that sort. So we try to look at, hey, um, if these devices are on, are on a device farm, uh, very likely their battery level never changes, right? Because they're always plugged in, uh, for example, or they're always held in a certain angle so you so we you, you can look at like the gyroscope and accelerometer readings. Oh, These yeah. are sensors that are. We got slow down for a minute. I'm getting blown away. I I got a lot of questions. First of all, I want to go back to the comment you talked about building your own AI. So first, you know, first question: You built your own AI to be able to check this. It's not just like, hey, we went and got Chat GPT, like a lot of people are doing, and integrated it. You actually took the experiences you had from Google, the experiences you had working with PayPal. Everything that you guys have experienced, you've seen happen in the industry, and you built your own engines, your own AI to be able to do this detection. Exactly. You're right. Okay. So you need to have uh, your own specific uh, machine learning models because you can't just use like off-the-shelf stuff to, to solve this. 
Well, because that, that, the reason I ask that is if it is something that's off the shelf, isn't that something the fraudsters could get? So exactly. So basically, you've got something <laughs> that they can't get. They don't know that's how right. it works. It's proprietary that's to you. That's right. That's right. Yeah. All right. Next thing you said is you're able to look at hundreds of different things. I mean, like mm -hmm. you're just saying, if the phone's recharging, stay in charge, what angles <laughs> being helped. That's fascinating in itself. And yep. you're able to do all this for faster payments too in that short time period because you know a faster yeah. payment i get if it's being sent we got a lot of time before it's actually sent to be able to look at it not a problem right. but if yeah. somebody's receiving one of those are you able to look at all that data in that 20 second window before that's it actually right. starts to get posted that's right yeah so these models run what is called as inference which is basically adjudicating a, an event or a transaction in sub-second time, right? So these are, we, we are talking about like 100 to 200 milliseconds. Uh, it takes for some of these models to, to read this data, process them, uh, and, and uh, take a decision whether to approve or decline or, or trigger a two-factor auth or maybe send it for manual review and things like that. So, so in milliseconds, all of this is That's possible. Right. See, I love hearing that because I talk to a lot of people and they're like, these payments are too fast. We won't be able to monitor for all these things. But you're telling me it's not a problem. It's actually quite easily done. And you can look at, again, hundreds of different areas of a payment right. to be able to help determine it. Now, those hundreds of areas, like you mentioned, if it's on a, a device farm, right. but you're yeah. also, are you looking for other trends or things that maybe just started in the last week on the Internet, something right. like that? Exactly. So, so that's another uh, big advantage you get when you are working with a lot of financial institutions, right? Because you're, you're learning, you're able to learn from the network data uh, and the behaviors that everyone else is going to face. So, so if you have seen certain pattern happen in one place, we are able to learn from it. And every other financial institution gets the advantage, uh, the the uh, uh, what do I say like the knowledge automatically right like they don't need to have faced that kind of an attack before to have the, the model be prepared for it we are learning from okay. the network that is blowing my mind too because you know you're young <laughs> compared to me you know there's a lot of gray in this beard and I know from my experience like especially in the early 2000s we would have to see and identify a crime pattern happening and then start to get the word out. So it could actually be weeks that a certain type of pattern was happening to where people, you know, were stealing it basically right. from others before we could do something to plug it, slow it down and then stop it. Now you're telling me that as it develops, like in that day or two that it starts mm -hmm. happening, you're, able to start seeing these patterns as they're happening and developing and stop it before it actually takes place in certain cases. That's right. That's, that's uh, the power of machine learning, right? So you're able to, it's, it's purely based on how frequently you're able to retrain your models. And now the technology has become so advanced that you're able to train, retrain your models in, in close to real time. Right, so, so you're able to do that. Again, not remove. I don't discount the fact of uh, that that experts and human experts 
are very critical to this, right? So we 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 do take this human in the loop machine learning philosophy very very seriously as well. So so we give the controls and checks and balances to folks to to ensure that they are able to ingest their intelligence, right? Or if they've noticed certain patterns that the models are missing, you should be able to influence the system to to learn from you as well. It's a, it's a I, I love that of right there yeah. because a lot of things I hear is when it comes to fears of AI is a lot yeah. of people are like, AI is going to take my job away. And what you're telling me yeah. is it will work beside with humans to That's actually make this happen. Because exactly. I actually tell people, people coming into the industry right now, they say, what's a job that I'm guaranteed to have, you know, even through, let's say, recession type proof job. And I tell them it is risk and compliance that that is an area that's always needed and will never go away. For sure. For sure, uh, Kevin. And because it's so complex, right? There's so many things happening. Uh, you need to have a human expert involved in the broader scheme of things, right? And also things like policies, right? So if there's a, uh, uh, like, there's a restriction set on Russia, right? That's the model is not going to know, right? So, so you need humans who are are aware of external policies, other broader trends that are happening, right? So, if there is, uh, for example, if there is news that uh, there was a hacking attempt by a certain mm-hmm. country in some place, we need to act uh, even before we see that behavior happen, right? To to set the rules in. To, to ensure that the model is aware that this this kind of activity might happen and might hit our financial institution. So in those scenarios, uh, having those experts is very critical. And uh, in almost all of our banks and credit unions who use us, the BSA officers play a very, very important role in ensuring the system is active. So, so do those human compliance people, BSA officers, do they have the ability to then assist in the learning? Like you're saying in the policies, they can add sanctioned companies, uh, countries, uh, things like that. So are they able to, you know, in uh, let's say one community bank versus another have different levels of control and input that they put into their systems for that, how they would want it to operate? For sure. For sure. So, so they, so they, the, some of the important things they do is they can, they can change the weights and thresholds, right? So again, different, different uh, institutions have different risk appetites, right? So Mm -hmm. let's say you are uh, more tech friendly. Usually some, those folks uh, are okay with certain kind of certain level of risk, but they want to, have seamless member or customer experience, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they, they are able to tune and change the thresholds so that uh, they're able to provide that kind of an experience. Whereas someone else might be very risk averse, right? So you don't want any kind of fraud, even if it adds additional friction to certain folks, right? So then you're able to tune tune the systems and that's, that, that kind of impact the, the BSA or the compliance officers can have on the system. The other thing is there's certain things that the model missed, right? So which are very complex, uh, which needs a lot of deep investigations, which is what most BSA officers actually enjoy doing, right? Like they don't like doing the mundane known mm-hmm. fraud issues. They don't just don't want to keep reviewing the same thing again and again. That's where the models are really good at, right? Like operating at scale. 
Whereas doing those very deep, very complex investigations and then taking a decision, that helps, again, trigger a retraining of our models. And hopefully they are able to now automate the things that the compliance of the BSA officers have observed. And we try to embed that learning into the model and then it's able to scale. I got another question. I'm pretty sure I know the answer. At least this is what I, I tell people. Because one of the things you said is, you know, banks really want no fraud. They want zero fraud to happen. They want zero losses to occur. Is that really possible? Is there any world anymore that we can live in where you'll never have any losses? Because my experience is I've told people you're always going to have some, but we have to have things like your solution to be in place to minimize, lower, control those losses. So what's your opinion on that? Is there ever going to be a chance of there being no losses whatsoever? I'll give you an anecdote on this, uh, Kevin. So <laughs> we were speaking to one, one bank uh, and they were facing a lot of wire fraud, right? And, uh, and then uh, their CEO was like, oh, we, we brought it down to zero. Right? So we made some operational changes and we brought down wire fraud to zero, uh, our fraud losses to zero. Then, then we reached, we were super curious, right? What was that process improvement that they did? This is very, very interesting. We end up realizing that they shut off wires. <laughs> the only way to get zero losses is not right. have the so zero loss. Yeah. So, uh, it it uh, so that's the way, right? Like so, you process zero transactions, then you have zero fraud, right? So it unfortunately that's the na- that's the nature of the game that there is always risk, right? It's when you even look at lending, there you're looking at credit risk. Here, here you're looking at fraud risk, uh, but but it's just how do you how do you weigh that risk over the revenue that that you're going to make as a bank or a credit union, and you're making that balance, right? So, so that's uh, that's that's how you deal with this. It's never a zero zero game, it, it, and it never will be. But yeah. here's the next thing I really got to know: if you pull out your crystal ball of the future of payments mm-hmm. and electronic payments, especially AI and risk controls. What do you see that's coming that, you know, might be surprising to people who are listening right now that you should be thinking about? Or this is something we can see in the future that is going to be happening that will either be able to help us or maybe it's something you see in the future that we need to prepare for because the fraudsters might be coming and attacking us with. What would you say that future looks like? Yeah, um, I think we really need to take a very fundamentally different approach, right? And not try to simulate what we did previously mm-hmm. and try to do that, do the same things digitally and expect the same level of control, right? Uh, the examples that I gave before where previously banks or credit unions used to expect, if you want to initiate a wire, you have to go in person to the branch with an ID and then initiate, initiate the wire. Uh, and if you try to emulate the same thing to do it digitally via video call, that's not going to work anymore, right? So you have to take a very fundamentally different approach to digital pain, to, to fraud and risk in the digital payments world, where everything is happening, where no one is in person, payments are going to be international, payments are going to be instant, right? 
and that's happening if you like it or not, right? So we've seen that happen in countries like India, Brazil already, where uh, like people just like just don't use cash anymore, right? Yeah. So I'm I'm from India. When I whenever I visit uh, India, right, like even the street side vendors, you use your mobile phone to pay. Uh, and the money moves instantly. It's a five-second ed, uh, adjudication time there. So money moves from your bank account into the vendor's account uh, within five seconds. So that's, you that's know what I heard in there is a lot. And for those listening, if you haven't paid attention to what's happening in India and Brazil with instant payments, you need to. It's amazing, the adoption right. of what's happening over there. But what I actually heard is I would sum it up as don't get comfortable. Always evaluate what your processes are. Look at implementing changes regularly, actually, because if you implement changes regularly, that can actually help prevent fraudsters from learning your routines so that you know, you, you're further protecting yourself. Well, Ravi, any closing comments that you would like to let people know that they should be aware of or, or maybe even how they could contact you? Yeah, I mean, uh, like, Community financial institutions, uh, we are very, very passionate, right? It's the lifeblood of, of the U.S. economy. Uh, and it's very important that, that we are well prepared uh, as a community financial institution for, for this change that's going to happen. It's inevitable, right? And we, the most important thing is that tech, these technologies are available. So they're very, they've been time-tested, like I said, we've used these technologies at, at organizations like PayPal and Google before. Um, and these are now available for everyone, right? It's no longer restricted to, to these large Fortune 500 companies. And for, for CFIs to operate in this space and to continue providing the same level of support and, and love to, to most of uh, our customers, we just have to adopt these new technologies and and move into this new new ecosystem. And uh, yeah, we are super passionate about this uh, this space, and uh, we'd love to chat with anyone who would love who would want to talk to us. You can always well, contact me. I appreciate me you being here and chatting with us today and sharing all this knowledge. For those of you out there listening, if you want to get a hold of Ravi, uh, it is effective. E F F E C T I V. That is the name of their company. Um, I'll, I'll have something in the posting of this for you to be able to find it too. You can probably find Ravi on LinkedIn, right? We can see you there too. Uh, he'll yeah. get you in contact. Or you can always email me, Kevin at PaymentsProfessor.com. I'll be glad to get you in touch with them. Uh, I appreciate having Ravi on here to educate us on AI and how it helps with risk. If there is a topic that's out there that you're looking for that you would like to have on the payments podium, or maybe there's a speaker you would like to have on the payments podium, you can also email me, Kevin at paymentsprofessor.com. I will do all I can to make sure you get the education, the information you're looking for so that we can all have some you know, more safer processing out there. But for now, I want to tell everybody, class dismissed. Yeah, good job. Awesome. Cool. Yeah, thank you so much, Kevin. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, thank yeah, you. I, I try to make it fun. And I mean, I, I learned yeah, something. Yeah. That's what's the best part. Yeah.